0: Despite all the YouTube, basketball, even this show, I started as a writer and I am still a prolific writer. As a matter of fact, I send out emails damn near every day. I call this the daily game email. I want you to get this every day to your inbox completely for free. So simply go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com and get my emails directly to your inbox every day free of charge. Again, that's workonmygame.com. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. Unless the marketing team does a good job of connecting with and attracting the right type of leads who are interested, willing to buy, and capable of buying what the sales team is selling. Come. 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 Exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has it relates to what Ray's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Way. i can't say it enough work on your game the reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want most of you do that it's not because they're not willing to do the work most of you do a whole lot of that it's because they never ask themselves the third key question which is who do i need to be i wrote a book called the mirror of motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself that's why it's called the mirror of motivation in that book you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy then do what you need to do and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have and that sounds like the missing link in your process and let me give you a hint it is the missing link in your process i'll give you a free copy of the mirror of motivation all you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirror again mirror I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself, that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, You get a huge dose of personal initiative, that is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we are on part seven, the grand finale of our mini-series here, a long mini-series of everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Before we get into that, I remind everybody, I send out a text message every single day, guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point to start your day. I call it the daily motivation. I also send one out every week called the Monday motivation to do the same thing for your week. All you have to do to get these texts is join my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. Numbers numbers down below in the description as well. If you don't get an immediate response when you text us, so you don't get our bot automatic response. Then that means we still haven't fixed our issues with the text community, but that will get fixed. As I keep telling you, it will get fixed. If it's not fixed yet, it will get fixed. Stay tuned. And anybody who's already in the text community will make up for lost time. Trust me, I always over deliver. So right now we can't deliver at all because we got some tech issues. But once we can deliver, I will over deliver and make up for lost time. Second, work on your game university. That is the place where I do all my coaching. It's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place that anyone can work with me directly. It's the only way to have me as your direct coach. Just go to WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. We have a four-part framework there based around mindset, strategy, systems, and accountability. To get on a call with us is completely free of charge. We do not charge you for that call. We want to find out where you're at, where you're going, what you feel like might be in your way. And if we feel we can help you and we feel you're a good fit for what we're doing, then we will tell you how it works and where it goes from there. But again, that's all at WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. You're already listening to this show. Your next step, naturally, is to go to WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. So with all that out the way, let's get into this topic here. Again, we are picking up where we left off. This is part seven of a seven part series. Everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Point number 19. Logo is branding. No, your logo is not branding. Your logo is part of your brand, but it's not all of your brand. As a matter of fact, it is only a small part of your brand. It's not even as much of your brand as a lot of people think that it is, given the amount of resources and amount of emphasis. That people put on their logo, it has a, let's just say, the amount of resources and energy that people put into their logos is not reflected in how much the logo actually matters to the brand. The logo does not matter that much. It matters a lot less than the amount of resources we put into it. That's what I want to say. Your brand is about the position and the image that you create in the mind of your audience. That's what your brand is. What do people think about and how do people feel when your name, your company name comes up? That's your brand. And your brand is constantly evolving because every time you have an engagement with your audience, you are updating or adjusting or making some type of, even if minute, change to the image that they have in their mind about you. So your brand is always evolving. Your brand is not just a logo. logo is a stagnant object that can represent visually what you and your company or your brand are about. But the brand itself, the idea that the consumers have about you is more important than the logo itself. And now there is a point when that logo can become so big that it says everything about your brand and just stand on its own two feet. So think of the Apple logo. Think of the Nike logo. Those are companies who if you just see the logo, you already know what it means. You see the Amazon logo. As soon as you see it, you already know what it means and it gives you a certain thought or idea or feel in your mind. Your logo may not be at that level just yet. That's completely okay. Maybe one day it will get there. But the point is, you want to dominate the thought in the consumer's mind, the concept of who you are, what you're about, what you bring to the table and why they should care. That's what your brand is. And your logo, again, can't do that. Your logo can't do all of that. Now, the logo, again, it supports it even when you are a Nike. The Nike swoosh supports the brand idea of Nike. But when I'm thinking about Nike, I'm thinking about, OK, those are athletic gear. If I want to get some workout clothes need some new running sneakers, whatever it is, I'm going to look to Nike first because I like Nike's stuff. That's the position. they have occupied in my mind. I'm not even looking at other options. That's just me. I'm not saying everybody does that, but there's a lot of people who only do that. That's why Nike is who they are. So again, your logo is just one piece of this game. So think of your logo as someone meeting you and you had on a certain outfit that day. Okay. That's your logo. Is that outfit that you're wearing that day, the entirety of who you are and what you're about? Of course not. The next day you'll be wearing different clothes and there's much more to you than the clothes that you wear, right? At least for most of us. It's the same thing when it comes to your business. And again, that's not a a perfect example because the logo is with you all the time. I mean, it represents you all the time. The logo is a cool thing to have. However, it is far from the most important thing that you have in your marketing. It's a cool thing to have, but it's not the most important thing that you have. When's the last time you went to a friend of yours to recommend a business or a product or service that they should buy and you told them that they should do it because the logo was great? Now, you got to go buy from this company because they have this amazing logo. Exactly. You never did that. Nobody has ever done that in the history of marketing or business or sales or word to mouth. Nobody does not Nobody says you got to go buy from them because they have a great logo. If you recommend a friend go to a business and do business with that company, why are you recommending it? You're recommending it because of the product, because of the result, because of the service you got, because something you think they're doing that can help your friend. That's why you're telling them. What is all of that? The brand. You like the product. You like the service. You believe it can help. It has already helped you. That's all ideas that it has put into your mind that had been put into your mind by your experience. And because you were so excited about that experience, you wanted to go tell somebody else about it. We call that word of mouth. And that is all based on the experience that people have with you. That is your brand. The experience people have with you and experience that people have of you. It may not even be with you because someone who is listening to this right now, you never made yourself known to me. I don't know that you exist, but you're aware of this show and you consistently consume it. And there are certain things that are happening to you through what you're hearing here on the show without me actually trying to make it happen to you personally because I don't know you personally that's all part of the brand and you're getting a different perspective about me and who I am the more you listen to me talk the more you consume my stuff assuming that I'm saying stuff that you haven't heard before which most of the time I know I am sometimes I repeat things because not everybody's listening sometimes I repeat them because they're good and I want to say them again but there's always any there's an evolution of a relationship happening anytime people who already have a relationship aren't engaging with each other and communicating. So the reason that people recommend a product or a service is because of the experience, because of the brand. Your logo doesn't make you money. It is the engagements that people have with you and the results of what they got from you or through you and how they feel about you that leads to them wanting to get into a position where they could give you money. In other words, it leads to them wanting to go, let me go save up this money so I can buy this. So let me go have a conversation with these people over here so they can sell me something. That all only happens because your brand is doing the work of getting people to understand that you can solve a problem that they have. You can supply a thing that they need and or are looking for. Question, are you looking for a health and wellness upgrade that's as easy as sipping your morning coffee? Or if you're like me, you don't even drink coffee. Meet AG1, the superhero of all-in-one supplements. With just one scoop a day, you'll experience a powerhouse blend of 75 essential nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that will have you feeling like you can leap tall buildings in a single bound. You can feel like it though, you don't even have to try it. AG1 is your personal health sidekick, packed with prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes to support optimal gut health. Now, what exactly does all that mean? That means you can say goodbye to those pesky nutrient gaps that you have in your system right now, and you probably don't even know it, and say hello to a vitality boost that will make you feel like you have superhuman strength. And this is all natural, clean stuff. But wait, there's more. When you take the leap and join the AG1 revolution right now, you'll unlock an incredible offer. You will enjoy a free one year supply of vitamin D, which is a vital nutrient for a strong immune system and strong bones, with your first order. Plus, you're gonna receive five free AG1 travel packs which are perfect for staying on top of your health routine wherever life takes you. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, you're tired of having to pack eight pills and nine different supplements every time you go somewhere or every time you wake up in the morning, you got to take all these different pills. You don't even know what they are. You can't remember what's what. You don't even know what the ingredients are on these things. Say goodbye to all of that and try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and start your journey to a healthier, happier you. Your body will thank you for joining the AG1 Super Squad. Point number 20. We are talking today about part seven of our seven part framework. Everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Number 20. Ignore all negative feedback. This is a false idea. You should not ignore all negative feedback, and I'm gonna tell you why. You should embrace and engage with negative feedback, especially negative feedback about your business when it comes to your marketing. Now, why is this? Why should you embrace negative feedback? Some of you are saying, Dre, I don't know about that one. Now, I don't want to get involved. If somebody's trolling and being negative, or just saying bad stuff about me. I would rather just block them and delete them and not deal with them at all. Why should I engage? So, first of all, if the negative feedback you got is something is from someone who has brought Who has purchased from you? Let's say you get negative feedback from a customer. Someone's bought something from you and they have something negative to say because of their experience with your product, with the service, whatever. All right, remedying a situation can turn a disgruntled customer into a lifetime fan. Let me say that again. Your process for how you remedy a situation with a customer can turn a disgruntled, angry customer into a lifelong fan and fanatic who will maybe be your best recruiter and you only have to pay them that's the value of how you remedy a situation you can take someone from being your enemy to being your friend based on how you deal with it secondly if it's someone who is just hating on you let's just say you have a troll somebody's just talking shit about you and your business every day every time you post something that's coming and saying negative stuff depending on how you handle it you can either turn the hater into a fan because they just have some issues going on maybe with themselves or maybe with you or what you represent. You can turn that hater into a fan and get them on your side. Or you could turn a hater away, but get your fans to become even more deeply entrenched with you and into who you are. So you basically can use the negative person who's talking bad about you as proof to the audience of people who talk good about you that there's an us versus them dynamic here. Here's the them, this guy who doesn't like me, but here's us, all of us out here, you know, doing our thing together. So you can use that negative feedback that you get from someone else. Depending on how you handle it, again, you can turn a hater into a fan and turn a hater away because your fans more deeply entrenched with you. Third, let me tell you another thing you can do. The negative feedback that you may get from someone helps you to make the, again, us versus them dynamic a real thing. So I just stepped on this part. That dynamic matters. All right. When I say the us versus them dynamic, this dynamic matters because people like being a part of something that not everyone can be a part of. Human beings like being a part of exclusive groups, groups that not everyone can join, no matter what they do. So that dynamic is a real thing. And again, people always want to be part of something that they can't be a part of. Now, people like being a part of exclusive groups, again, somewhere that not everyone can get in, but you're in. Negative feedback from the outside, folks, gives you the opportunity to create the inside and prove that it's real. So you take someone like, I go to Russell Brunson's ClickFunnels conference. Every year, it's called Funnel Hacking Live. And one of the things that he talks about are the entrepreneurs, the makers, the creators, the people who help society move forward, the entrepreneurs out there. And he often has at his conferences, I don't normally take one, but he often has the t shirts for his company that talk about, hey, here's who we are, here's the group that we're a part of, and here are the people. And he doesn't say it in so many words, but by saying who they are, he's excluding who they aren't. And it's letting everyone know there's an in crowd here. You want to be part of the in crowd. These are the beliefs that we have when you're part of this in crowd and you're the beliefs of everybody else out there. What he's doing is creating that us versus them dynamic, which creates a stronger bond amongst the people who are part of the us. Am I understanding? So this us versus them thing is a real thing. And people, again, like to be part of a group that not everyone can be a part of. And negative feedback from the outsiders gives you the opportunity to create an inside and prove that it's real. So when negative people on the outside have stuff to say about you, all you gotta do is create an inside, a bubble within the bubble, and that proves that it's real. It proves that this is a real thing and that people can join this, it's tangible. There's a group, there are other people, there's a community, people wanna see that. People like to be a part of something that not everybody else can be a part of, but at the same time, they don't wanna be part of something that nobody is a part of, all right? So there's a balance that you gotta strike there in that process. You know those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work? You don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway? Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs, that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book, How to Separate Yourself, the Pro, from the Amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to thirddaybook.com moving on to point number 21 we're talking here today about part seven of our series 21 things you believe about marketing that are not true number 21 marketing and sales are completely separated false this one we touched on earlier and that marketing and sales when the one that said marketing and sales are the same thing no they're not the same thing at the same time they are not completely separated so i talked about both of these here they support each other your marketing supports your sales. If you do marketing the right way, what happens is you're going to have a whole bunch of ideal prospects coming to you wanting to have a sales conversation. This means your sales percentages will go up. You can have fewer sales conversations, but you will make more money simply because you are using your time more consistently and you are using your resources, specifically your time, but also your attention, energy, and focus in a smarter way. And you're helping the marketing supply the sales and the sales also help the marketing. How is that? Because the sales process should be pretty smooth and easy when you're talking to a person who is marketed to properly, which means they come in knowing what to expect, knowing what they're going to get, knowing why they want it and exactly how to get it. That's all based on your marketing. Your marketing sets up the sales, the sales sets up the marketing. So they support each other. You have a marketing team and a sales team. They should be working in unison. If you have a marketing person and a salesperson, those two people should be communicating with each other every day. Now, the question is why? Why would a marketing person and a salesperson be having a conversation together? Because a sales team cannot be successful in selling unless the marketing team does a good job of connecting with and attracting the right type of leads who are interested, willing to buy, and capable of buying what the sales team is selling. Let me say all that again because that was pretty fast. Your marketing and your sales department should be communicating consistently, i.e. every day. Why? Because the sales team cannot be successful at selling unless the marketing team does a good job of connecting with and attracting the right type of leads who are actually interested in your thing, willing to buy your thing, and they are capable of buying what the sales team is selling. So just because someone is willing to buy your thing doesn't mean they are capable of buying it. So I might say, "Well, I want to buy that two hundred fifty thousand dollar Ferrari," but I'm not capable of buying it. Those are two different things. Willing to buy means if I had the money, I would do it. Capable buying is if I had the money, I would do it. And guess what? I had the money, so I'm going to do it. So they're not the same thing. Don't conflate these. That's not even the main point that I'm making here in point number 21. Yeah, point 21. It's not even the main point that I'm making here. But you got to keep in mind that these two things, again, marketing and selling work together. I would think most of you who are entrepreneurs, you want to sell, sell, sell as much of your stuff as possible. You want to make that easy, the selling part. All you got to do is get some marketing now. That's it. You got to focus on your marketing your selling is a reflection of your marketing. Your selling is a reflection of your marketing. Your selling is not a reflection of your ability to sell. It's a reflection of your ability to market to the right people so that you get the right people coming to you. And then it's easy for you to close the deal because they already know that the answer is yes. So your marketing, again, supports selling. Your selling supports marketing. First time, if you find yourself having a problem in sales, first thing you need to look at is not your sales call process, not Am I saying the right things that I forget a line in the script? That's not the issue. First thing you need to look at is your marketing. First thing to look at anytime you're not getting the sales that you want is the marketing. Who are the people that we're getting in front of and why are these people getting in front of us? What type of leads are we bringing in right now and are those the right types of people? It's another question you got to ask yourself. This is all assuming that you actually have a product or a service that is proven. It's all assuming that your product or service is proven. Then you start asking these questions about marketing. You don't have a proven product or service you may need to examine that piece as well to be clear you got the best sales presentation in the world but if your marketing is off that amazing sales presentation will not bring in any money everybody hear that you could have the best sales presentation in the world but if your marketing is off that amazing presentation will not bring in any money and it's not because there's something wrong with your sales presentation nothing wrong with the sales presentation. A lot of people think when they're not making sales, you're having sales conversations, but nobody's buying, or something's wrong with my sales presentation. I gotta get better at selling, I gotta get better at closing, I gotta get better at overcoming objections. Maybe. But also, here's what also could be happening is that your marketing is off so that you are just bringing in people who are not the right clients. They're not the right prospects. So no matter how good of a seller you are, you ain't gonna sell to these people because they're the wrong people. Your marketing is attracting the wrong prospects. When your marketing is dialed in and you're attracting more of the right prospects. You could be a very okay salesperson. You could be a below average salesperson. And you're still going to make sales because the customers are the right people. I'll give me an example here. When I was working at, so let me see, it. I was working at this gym called Valley Total Fitness in Philadelphia. It was the last job that I had before I started my pro basketball career. So this is 2005. And I remember I was working at this one in the Cedarbrook Mall. And Cedarbrook Mall is still standing, but it's not a Valley Total Fitness anymore. It's a LA Fitness now, the last time I checked. But at this location, this location was relatively new to the neighborhood when I started working there. And I remember talking to some of the salespeople who had been there when the place actually opened. I wasn't there when it actually opened. But when it did, they told me that the selling process was extremely easy because it was a brand new gym. Everybody in the neighborhood came around because they wanted to get a membership to the gym. So if you were a salesperson working at that time, it was easy to have get really fat commission checks because all the customers were just walking in, ready to buy. All you had to do was walk, bring them in, show them around the gym and sign them up. People were just signing up easily. You didn't really have to sell. They were just buying from you. You just were lucky. You were in the right place at the right time. You were just making sales without having to do anything. That's the kind of selling that you want to do. Now, again, I'm not telling you to go open a gym in a neighborhood in order to do this, but your marketing should do that job. Your marketing should be so good That the right people who know that they want it are coming in. All they're asking is, how much do I got to pay? Because I know I want this. That's when your marketing is on point. And again, your sales game doesn't have to be that great. I'm not saying show up mediocre just because you can get away with it. Your sales game may not need to be that great when your marketing is good. Your marketing is just okay, And your sales game needs to be amazing. Now, if your sales game is great and your marketing game is great. All right. That's when the money comes in. Everybody following? So you got to make sure you're bringing the right people in. And again, this is a marketing issue, not a sales issue. All that said, let's recap this last entry into the seven-part series of everything you believe about marketing is wrong. Number 19, your logo is your brand. Your logo is part of your brand, but it is not all of your brand. You know, logo is just a small piece of it. Your brand is the space that you occupy. The idea and the feeling that you occupy in the mind of your consumer has nothing to do with the logo itself. It's about their experience of you and your stuff. Number 20, ignore all negative feedback. Absolutely do not make this mistake. The way that you deal with negative feedback can turn a disgruntled customer into a lifelong fan. So you just, somebody just messes up and you deal with it the right way. They'll become a very happy customer of you. I'll give you another example. I should have said this during the episode before the recap, but I'll give it to you here. In Miami, there are two restaurants that I went and ordered food from over the last week. And one of them does a great job handling customer service issues. Another one does a terrible job. So one of them is a company called Sweetgreen. I'm an investor in Sweetgreen. I own some stock in the company. And Sweet Green is a national chain, and they basically make—how do I even describe what they make? Any of you know who Sweet Green is? They make basically uh rice bowls, plates. You know, they use fresh ingredients. I like the quality of the ingredients. That Sweet Greens uses. Usually, Sweet Green is my go-to if I need to order food. My two go-tos usually Chipotle and Sweet Green. Chipotle is higher quality. Chipotle is a little bit faster for me, so I sometimes get Chipotle, but I also do Sweet Green. So Sweet Green, whenever they mess up my order. Which they have a couple times, like order delivery. Which so I don't usually do delivery because they take too long. I rather just go get it myself. But sometimes the delivery driver is taking too long, and I'll mess with Sweet Green, and they will make up for it by putting some credit into my account. So your next order, you got ten dollars off, or get you a free drink, or something like that. But they always respond positively and kindly, and they always look to fix and make the situation right. Sweet Green does a good job of that. It's one of the reasons why they're a national chain, because you can't go national without having that part down, because you're going to have complaints from customers, it's guaranteed. If you're doing that much volume the other company is a company now they're miami based and i believe they have two or three locations maybe three they're called the mad butcher and they have a location in the Wynwood section of town from which i ordered a burger two times or the same thing ordered a bacon cheeseburger and fries the first time i ordered it for pickup they had the order ready when i got there and i just took the bag went home opened it and realized they forgot the bacon on my order i was annoyed that they forgot the bacon Didn't go back, but I just ate the sandwich as it was. I liked the sandwich. The overall quality of the sandwich was good. The fries were crispy. It was good. I sent them a DM on Instagram because they're on Instagram and showed them a picture of the receipt and a picture of the burger before I started eating it. Like, yo, y'all forgot the bacon. And nobody responded to the DM. I even called the store. Nobody answered the phone. So I figured, all right, I'll give them another shot. Maybe it was just an oversight. Any company can oversight things one time. So I go back there a second time. It happened to be this past weekend from when I'm recording this episode. and. I ordered the exact same thing, bacon, cheeseburger, fries, and I picked it up the same way. And I, you know, when you order something online, they have add a special note thing. So when I placed my order, I added a special note and said, hey, last time I ordered here, y'all forgot the bacon. Please get it right this time. I was just saying it because it was never acknowledged the first time. And again, you can't go national making these kind of, you can't just ignore your customer who complains because you'll go out of business because they'll just they complain that they'll just beat you down. The customers will, and they'll just stop buying from you, so you won't even have the revenue or the results to go national. So anyway, I get to the mad butcher, I'm picking up my food, I tell her name and she, and I say, "Hey, last time I was here, y'all didn't put bacon on that burger, and the woman at the register said, "Oh yeah, I saw your note, I'm sorry about that," said, "Don't worry, there's bacon on it this time." I said, "All right, great." I stood right there at the counter and I opened the bag, and I opened the sandwich right there in front of her because I wanted to make sure that the bacon was there the way she had just affirmed. That it was. And guess what, everybody? There was no bacon on the burger. They had forgotten the bacon again. And she saw me do it right in front of her. I showed her there was no bacon on the burger. And I said, Miss, there's no bacon on this burger. And she looked at it and she confirmed that I was correct. And she starts talking to the cooks who are in the back. And this is a, not a big kitchen. So I can see her having this conversation with the cooks. The thing is, they're speaking all in Spanish. And while I can understand Spanish, I can't, I'm not fluent. So I couldn't understand conversation. So she's talking to them. And I start saying to them, I said, hey, that's the second time. I said, that's the second time. It was two cooks in the back, a female and a male. I said, this is the second time. Same thing last week. I did it again this week. And one of the cooks in the back, he's waving and like, apologizing. I'm sorry about that. And she takes the burger. She hands it to the girl who's back on the grill. And they allegedly put bacon on the burger. I'm standing there watching them do this. So she puts bacon on the burger, wraps it back up, hands it back to me, says, all right, I'm sorry about that woman at the front. She can speak English. She's bilingual. That's why she does the register. So sorry about that. She hands me the burger. I didn't see the woman put the bacon on it, so I open the wrapper up again right there in front of her. I did not leave. I open a wrapper up right there in front of her to see this bacon that they put on the sandwich, and this bacon is completely uncooked bacon. Now I don't know. Now this is a kind of a Latin-based place because all the people in there are Latin. The cooks are Latin. They only speak English, and the woman at the front she speaks English and Spanish, and everybody else working there looks like they only speak Spanish. So. I don't know if this is a Latin thing. Somebody who is Latin, let me know. Is that a thing that y'all eat uncooked bacon? Like this bacon was like, you know, when you buy bacon from the grocery store and it's like pink and white. And that's how the bacon was. Now, it wasn't cold. It was hot bacon. I don't know if this is a normal. I don't know if it's a Latin culture thing. But listen, in black culture, unless I'm completely out of touch with black culture, we don't eat uncooked fucking bacon. We cook the bacon. OK, I'd rather the bacon be crispy and burnt than be uncooked. Even when I order bacon anywhere, I've ordered bacon on the sandwich. I usually tell the waiter or the person, make the bacon crispy. I want the bacon extra cooked, not okay cooked, not undercooked, extra cooked. And I look at the bacon and I'm showing it to the woman. And I said, "Uh, Miss, this bacon is not cooked. And she looked at it and I'm looking at it and I said, I can't eat this. This is uncooked bacon. You got to cook the bacon. So the woman starts speaking in Spanish again to the people in the back. Now, this time, the woman, the cook in the back seems a little bit confused, I guess. Maybe this is a normal thing. I don't know because, again, she couldn't speak English. So I don't understand what she was maybe saying to her colleague here. And they're having a conversation. And I guess the woman at the front is explaining to the woman in the back, hey, you have to actually cook the bacon. This, these people don't want uncooked bacon. And while they're having this conversation, it immediately clicked in my head. And this happened automatically. All right. If you make a mistake once, it's your fault. But if you make the same mistake twice and I accept it, then it's my fault. And I said, you know what, miss? I said, I interrupted the conversation, said to the woman at the front desk, look, just give me my money back. It was like $16 that I ordered. I said, give me my money back. I'm good. And this is what the woman at the front says. She says, well, sir, all right, I understand, but you placed your order online and you paid online, which I had through a credit card. So in order to get your refund, you have to process the refund online. This is what she says to me. And I say to her, no, that's not the way that this goes. I placed an order. Y'all made a mistake. I showed you the mistake right here in front of your face. I want my money back. Just give me my money back. Right, you can, can't you go in the system? I mean, it's y'all's system. Can't you just give me the money? And she said, Well, no, we can't do that because of the way the system is set up. You paid online. So it maybe it's some third party system that takes the money. So I guess that's what she was saying. She said, You got to process the refund online. And I said, Well, I'm getting the refund from this company. I paid this company, so you should be able to do it. And I kind of now I'm talking it out. I understand what she kind of was saying, but she wasn't able to explain it articulately. Enough Which what she should have said was, look, there's a third party service that takes the money for our orders. So I don't have control over that third party service. So that's why I'm not able to directly give you a refund. And she should have said that. And then she should have said, however, because of this and because I saw this mistake happen right in front of me, let me tell you what I can do to make up for this. Let me either, I can either do this or this or this. That's what she should have did. She didn't do that. What she started telling me is what she can't do. And when you already have a disgruntled customer in front of you, the last thing they want to hear is what you can't do. We already know what you can't do, which is make the order the right way. So don't tell me what else you can't do, because that's only going to compound the problem. And I'm not the type of person who's going to accept that. I said, uh, no, that's not acceptable. I gave you all money. Y'all messed up two times. The second one you saw right here in front of your face. You're not going to tell me what you can't do. Like, I'm not accepting it. So this was starting to become a back and forth argument. And the woman, I think she understood from my tone and from my energy that I was not going to accept her answer that she can't give me the refund. So what she did, this didn't take but 30 seconds. So it's not like this was some long back and forth thing, about 30 seconds. She just opened the register and gave me $16 in cash. I left the burger there. I left the fries there. And I just took the $16, walked out And this area of Miami called Wynwood. Luckily, there's a bunch of places to get food around here. So I just walked two blocks and I got a burger at a different place. I'm telling you all that to tell you this, your brand is that experience. Fuck the logo. Now I couldn't point their logo out of a police lineup, but that experience, I'm always going to remember that. And I will trash that restaurant forever because they made a mistake in my experience. Fuck the logo. Again, the brand is what, that's what people remember is that story right there. I will always remember that story. Their name ever comes up. And I'm just doing a recap here. I should have told you that during the content, but you listened to the whole episode, right? Anyway, right? Anyway, recapping point number 21, marketing and sales are completely separated. No, they are not. Marketing is what you do to put yourself in position to sell and your sales go easily when your marketing is done properly. All right. If your sales are difficult, it's difficult for you to birth the baby of a sale. It's probably because your marketing is not good and you're basically attracting the wrong people. That's why your selling is not going too well. So your marketing, when that's better dialed in, you'll get people who already know they want to buy, like who walk into a, Gym when it's open in the neighborhood and everybody's just signing up and you barely got to do any selling. That's the way you want your sales to go. No matter what you're selling. The right people will buy immediately because they already know they want to buy because your marketing was done the right way. So that's why the marketing is the lifeblood of your business. And that's why any one of these 21 mistakes I have told you you are making about marketing, you cannot afford to make these. You literally cannot afford to make these mistakes because they are costing you opportunities to make money. So go to work on your and let's get those problems solved immediately. You can work with me directly. Go to work on your Link is down below in the description. See what we're doing in our program. Hit the button, and schedule a time to get on a call with us. Completely free of charge. We'll find out where you're at, where you want to go, what you feel might be in your way, and if we feel we can help you and you'd be a good fit for what we're doing, we'll tell you how it works from there. That's WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. People often ask me, Dre, is there any way that I could work with you directly? Is there any way that I could talk to you on a regular basis? Just ask you questions, share with you what I'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where I'm going personally and professionally. The answer is yes. And the further answer is there's only one place to do that. That is Work On Your Game University. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your game There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs and we go from there. I'll see you inside. Again, that's work on your game university